God's grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The text for our sermon this morning comes from the epistle uh, from St. Paul's letter to the Romans, Romans chapter 3. If you notice, uh, there are a couple of words repeated just in this short section of scripture that we have. It's the first word there in verse 19. Now we know that whatever the law speaks, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be accountable to God. And then also in verse 21, and this is really the kind of the focus of the sermon this morning, this word now. Now, St. Paul says, the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and prophets bear witness to it. So today we give thanks to God that now... It's not just a marker of time. It's not just uh, uh, St. Paul saying, now salvation is different than it has been in the past. No, now, dear saints in Christ, you can rejoice because salvation is a free gift of God received by faith. We are saved by the law of faith, not by a law of works. The Reformation, as we today consider, it was a time when God used his Holy Spirit in the church to correct false teaching on a large scale. The Reformation is not just a one-time event. In fact, the correcting of false doctrine is a weekly and sometimes daily task of the Holy Spirit in the life of a Christian. Not only here at church, weekly, even in your own devotions or family devotions at home, the Holy Spirit is constantly helping you, constantly correcting you when you think you have reason to be afraid, when you think you have reason to doubt you have a loving God. The Holy Spirit is correcting you when you think life is too hard. When the church has too many enemies that the church can't possibly carry on, can't possibly succeed, you could say every book of the Bible, every word of Scripture is written to correct and guide the Christian church into the truth. That if the Son sets you free, you are free from sin. You are free from sadness. You are free even from death itself. In Jesus' day, the word of God, even spoken from the lips of Christ himself, did this same thing. Today in our gospel reading, Jesus is speaking to Jews who had believed in him. They were in danger of thinking that they could be confident. They were in danger of thinking that they were saved because of their heritage, because they were Jews, that God was pleased with them because they were a certain race, that they could fulfill the law of God because of the family they were born in. You heard them answer Jesus today when, when Jesus said, whoever sins is a slave to sin. They said, hey, we're sons of Abraham. But Jesus corrects them by preaching the law 
Anyone who sins is a slave to sin. You see, the the Jews, when they said we've never been enslaved to anyone, they didn't forget their history. They didn't forget one of the most remembered stories of their past, of their people, the slavery in Egypt. The Jews didn't forget that they were slaves, but they thought they were free spiritually. Jesus is telling them you're slaves spiritually because you sin. And the Jews, they they know Jesus isn't talking about Egypt. They know he's speaking about spiritual, spiritual slavery. And they said, well, we're a certain race. We're not slaves spiritually. Jesus says, no, you're wrong. Every race is in bondage to sin, Jesus says, and I'm here to save you. I'm here to save you not by changing your race, nor your ethnicity, nor your personal preferences. I am here to forgive you all your sins, to give my life and to change your lineage, your spiritual bondage to absolute freedom. But first that means giving up your so-called freedom of the flesh. In our epistle reading, there is the appearance today, many think, that when St. Paul says, now the righteousness of God has been manifest apart from the law, they think that St. Paul is speaking to a matter of timing. They think that St. Paul is teaching that the Jews are saved in a different way than we are now. Now, meaning that now that Jesus has come and ascended into heaven and Pentecost has taken place, that now we are saved by a new righteousness as opposed to how the Jews were saved. Some wrongly teach that this one little word, now, that St. Paul uses means that God has changed the way he saves people. Especially now as Israel has been in the news, people falsely believe that the Jews are saved in one way and now we are saved in a different way. But no, Paul is actually confessing the opposite here. Well, not the opposite, but Paul is confessing the true doctrine that all people in all times, Jew and Gentile, are saved by faith in the work of Jesus Christ. Paul is having the same conversation with the Roman church as Jesus is having in our gospel reading. Paul is not making a time distinction when he says now. I know a lot of times when we use the word now, It is according to time. Like, now do the dishes, dear loved, loving husband. But Paul is making a distinction, not in time, but in whether a person is a Christian or not. That now, since we have faith, we see that righteousness comes by faith alone. Because no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. In this text, Paul says that before we were Christians, before we were brought into the faith, we thought salvation is a matter of being good enough. That salvation was according to the law. 
of what we do. That's why St. Paul says that the law speaks to all people. Because the law makes sense. The law is an easy way to get things done, to get people to do what you want. You do bad, you get punished. You do good, you get rewarded. That is a righteousness of the law. But salvation is a matter of faith in the person who was good for you. Someone who's good on your behalf. That goodness is yours by faith and only is it knowable by faith. Our righteousness in Jesus Christ, our righteousness before God, has already been judged. The righteousness of God is that very goodness. And if you don't have faith, it makes no sense. St. Paul is saying, now that you are a Christian, you see the righteousness of God is manifest apart from the law. It's kind of like someone who doesn't really like fishing. I've stumbled upon this in various places and ways. Can you believe that? There are actually people who don't like fishing in this world. I don't know what this world is coming to. But usually when I ask people why they don't like fishing, it's because they say, one, well, I've never been. Or two, they say, well, I went fishing and I never caught anything. It was hot, the bait was stinky, and my grandfather was yelling at me the whole time to be quiet. However, once somebody actually catches fish, and they have and rejoice in this gift of catching, we ask them, now do you like fishing? Not only as a marker of time, but have you experienced the joy of receiving the gift from God of a fish? Now, St. Paul says, now that you are a Christian, now that you have been caught by God, you know that the righteousness of God is good. It is apart from the law. Now that you, now you see that God is not against you, that the law is not there to continually drive you down, to continually tell you, you will never succeed. The law does show us sin, but the purpose of the law is to point us finally to Christ. That God is so kindly disposed to all of humanity that he's done all the work necessary for our salvation. Salvation is given as a free gift. You are caught up in the gospel. He catches you and throws you into eternal life. Christians in the Old Testament, they didn't think they were saved by the law any more than we do. Abraham, we are told, believed, and it was credited to him as righteousness. In Habakkuk, we are told, the righteous shall live by faith. The sacrifices and the law in the Old Testament, the ceremonies, these were received by God from his people because they had faith. And we now also participate in giving sacrifices of praise, sacrifices of thanksgiving, and our sacrifices are accepted and loved by God because we too have faith. We are living sacrifices 
because we believe that we have been made right with God by his son, Jesus. We look back on the event of salvation. The Old Testament saints looked forward to salvation and God accepted them. Yes, God accepts your good works now because the blood of Jesus cleanses you. He purifies your life, even the things you reluctantly do, like when someone who you don't really like asks you to volunteer your time. You do it, maybe, but not with exactly the most righteous motives or joy. Jesus is our sanctification. He holies us. Just as the sacrifices in the Old Testament were received by God as a holy and pleasant offering, so too your good works, your sacrifices for your family, for your friends, for your church, for your community, these are accepted and pleasing to God because by faith you have been cleansed in the blood of Jesus. You have been received, your good works, and you have been received by God because Jesus' blood has purified you. However, without faith, when we are plagued with doubt, when we turn from the promises of God and think everything rests on our shoulders, without faith, without the cleansing blood of Jesus, even our so-called good works are filthy rags. Without faith, we are told, without faith, it's impossible to please God. But now, now we rejoice as Christians because the righteousness of God has been revealed apart from the law, not only today, but ever since the fall. Even yet then, Adam and Eve believed. What did God tell them? I have given you everything and it is good. God is kindly disposed towards you, my dear friends, because of the work of Jesus Christ. Now, St. Paul is also speaking of time. The now that St. Paul says, it speaks to the joy that we have as Christians being in the faith. But St. Paul is also saying now that Christ has been crucified, raised, and ascended into heaven, he is revealed as the object of our faith. He has been revealed as the object of the faith of all the saints in the Old Testament. There is a time distinction in the sense that the Jews and all people in the Old Testament had faith in God's acting on our behalf, but they hadn't seen it yet. The actual accomplishing of salvation had not been done. However, they looked forward, knowing that God would himself be the Savior of all mankind. In the book of Zechariah, God himself even says, And I will be pierced. When they look on me whom they have pierced, there will be an outpouring of righteousness and joy. I am the Savior of all mankind. So our Reformation celebration, lest we think it's about a particular race or people, the Reformation celebration is not about being American. It's not about even being German or European or African, no matter what. We're not Christians. 
We're not Lutheran because we like beer and sauerkraut. It's not because we like hymns that are beautiful. We are Lutheran because in the Lutheran teachings, we find true freedom. No matter our race, our place of birth, our preference in music, it is in this teaching that we rejoice. Not that there is some people that is more gifted than any other. Not that there are generations that get it right more than others, as if Luther's generation was more holy than we are. No, we share the same lineage all people do since the fall. Our sinful nature. Believe it or not, there are people, even in our own church, that say we need to change how we teach the gospel. Just this last week, even in our own church body, we pastors were told we're too European, which is code language for you're too white. Do they not know how diverse and various our backgrounds and lineages are? They say that the obstacle to the gospel now is you. And we said foolishness. We are told that our church needs to be more diverse with our teachings we need to allow a little bit of false doctrine and a little bit of false teaching from ever rel other religions so they aren't offended by Christianity. We need to be more focused on equity. We need to let women be pastors. We need to not sing hymns from a hymnal because that's kind of weird. We need to let everyone come to our Lord's communion table. It is ridiculous because it implies that the only reason we are Christian or Lutheran is because we like these things. It actually denigrates the work of our Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. They have forgotten the meaning to the third article in the small catechism. The Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true church. No, we are Lutheran because it is here that our heritage as sinner is dealt with. It is in Lutheran doctrine that we are taught that in baptism, we're given a new identity, or as Jesus says, born from above of the water in the Spirit. It is here that everyone who's a child of Abraham by faith finds a family finds fellow Christians who are plagued with doubts and worries. It is here we find the refuge of forgiveness of sins and eternal life. No, it is not because of a certain type of worship. It's not because of a certain type of acceptance of false doctrine. No, it is in the preservation of the Holy Spirit and the means of grace. Because Reformation joy is never just one historical event. It's not about one particular Sunday. The now that St. Paul uses in Romans 3 is a daily exercise for you. Now is as much about timing as it is about the reality of the comfort being saved by faith. Now, the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. It's a daily promise to you 
to remember that in your baptism, you are holy. You have been made righteous. And this reality should be the focus of every church, of every day of your life. Now, the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. It is about the reality that Jesus' sacrifice on the cross for your sins is something you need to remember daily. The gospel is never irrelevant. It is always relevant for sinners. So that you know that you are forgiven all your sins, all your thoughts, all your words, all your deeds. It is all purified by the blood of Christ. This is the joy that we have now. Even when it seems as if life is too hard. Even when you look at your life and all you think you see is sin and think there's no reason for joy. There is no reason to be plagued and think there's no reason to fight for what is good and right. Remember, your Lord Jesus Christ has defeated every enemy, even death. He's promised to help you, to sustain you. Lo, I am with you always, he says. Take heart, do not fear, though the earth gives way. He has promised that he is a mighty fortress. And most of all, that he loves you. And may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.